For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Driving back from Seattle, Washington. Where I was just a club comedy. The comedy club? Yeah, but it's called club comedy. They should have called it Club Comedy Comedy Club. But I was not consulted. I don't, I don't, yeah. You don't want famous people to be more important than other people. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this guy who uh, is a plumber is just as important as this guy who's in movies or whatever. Uh, But one of the people who came to see me tonight was uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. And uh, I think that's worth a lot of plumbers. It feels that way. I met him after the show with his wife, the McCready's. So that was that was really cool, and this is the coolest part. He like knows me, not personally, but he mentioned like a favorite joke of his, of mine that I did not do tonight. It's like an old joke. Anyway, we're we're best friends now. We're starting a band side project called Gamike. Anyway, basically Seattle royalty was at my show tonight. Pearl Jam guitarist. And Bunnyfoot Charm drummer. That, that's the name of my band, Bunny Foot Charm, that I used to be in. When I was in Vegas uh, earlier this month, uh, I was in a coffee shop uh, the MGM Grand wearing a turtleneck, sipping tea out of a mason jar. None of those things were happening. But uh, I was kind of having a moment. I didn't mean to, but I was kind of having a moment. Uh, And I I wasn't like weeping, but I was like teary-eyed. By the way, in a positive way. 
I was an I was emotional about a positive thing. But obviously, you know, you know, I'm just in the corner of a coffee shop having a very mild cry to myself. And then this guy comes over and he calls It's you from the future. How we doing? And it was a guy who was at my show the night before who I had, uh, he kind of looked like me but older, like long hair and glasses. And so I, you know, made some fun out of that. By the way, nice to see me in the future. Holy shit, sir. I don't know if you, give him a, stand up and let him see you, sir. Show him how sexy you are. Have you been sent back in time to warn me about something, or... When the fuck did we meet her? What the fuck? My wife's gonna be pissed! Still got the hair. We started wearing weird shirts, but we still... So this guy comes over while I'm teary-eyed, and he goes, Hey, it's me from the future! And I'm hoping he can't really tell. And I just go, hey, hey, how are you? And he was like, and then he goes, well, just wanted to say I enjoyed the show. Thank you. And like abruptly left. And I'm like, he could tell. He wanted to go talk to the comedian and the comedian was being a sad clown. scenario, that same scenario actually happened at a show I did at Tonino, Washington earlier this month. There was another dude who looked just like me. By the way, how are you doing, me from the future? What the fuck, sir? <laughs> Stand up, let him see. Let him see. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't, I'm not sure on the time-space continuum, but I think we're not supposed to touch. <laughs> Two of my children just faded out of a school photo. Anyway, if you ever see me in public, please come say hi to me. Even if you're not famous, ugh. Hopefully I won't be crying. When I was flying home, uh, I don't know what that was, three, four, five days ago, uh, I, had, I had this big zit on my cheek. You know the kind that like starts a week earlier? It's like so subterranean. You're like, what's going on under there? This doesn't seem like it's going to end well. And then, you know, it eventually pops out like a volcano. And it was so funny because I was all self-conscious about it. And, uh, 
like four people between the airport and the shuttle, airport shuttle to my car. Four different people are like, hey, I follow you on Instagram, or I saw you in Tacoma one time, or... I just put my hand over my cheek zit and was like, so nice to meet a fan. It's so funny because a couple days later I made like a little promo video for my weekly check-in videos I put on social media like, hey, come see me at these places. And I still had somewhat of a zit and I was talking about it. And then tonight at the show in Seattle this lady goes your zit looks a lot better I'm like thank you and then she goes I feel weird am I a stalker and I'm like it's my fault I put it out there you just watched and I appreciate it in this year of uh, great social media growth for me uh I don't know if more people are coming to see me, but the people who are coming to see me are more excited, and that's worth something. I don't know. I actually, I got a, um, I mean, Mike McCready looks at my Instagram, so that's pretty good. Or maybe his wife does, who knows. I should see if he has an Instagram. I'm following it. Anyway, uh, I'll see him at the mic rehearsal. It's funny how, you know, it's life, not just comedy, but it's like comedy, stand-up comedy, like you don't see people for years and they sort of pop back in your life and it it's very weird. Like, you can run into a comedian you haven't seen in 10 years and talk like it's been 10 minutes. Uh, but I got an email. Uh, I guess a couple weeks ago from uh, someone who works for the improv comedy chain. And the reason I know her is because... When I was on Comedy Central in 2009. When? 2009! When? Uh, the company that owns the improvs also were the producers of Live at Gotham on Comedy Central. So, this lady from the improv is the one who called and told me I had been selected to be on live at Gotham if I wanted to be in can you be in New York City August 7th I remember the date uh, for a taping and I was like so it was like very confusing because I'm like someone from the improv comedy club chain is calling me and telling me I've been selected to be on a show on Comedy Central so it was like very exciting God, I thought I was going to be so fucking famous from that. <laughs> I just thought, I'll do live at Gotham. They'll see my five minutes. They're going to want me to do 30. They're going to want me to do an hour. Here we go. 
And, you know, we went, but it didn't, it wasn't the game changer I wanted it to be. The show after I taped for Comedy Central was in a yurt in Idaho. So, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But that still was like one of those movie moments in my life. The phone call. A random out of nowhere phone call that's like, you're going to be on Comedy Central. I think I literally went to my knees after I hung up the phone. Like, just because I was stunned. No one told me I was in the running. No one said, we're thinking about putting you on Comedy Central. My manager didn't say I was in the running because I didn't have one. I sent in a DVD to a building with a 10-minute set on it because someone who worked for Comedy Central, I met and they said, this is where to send it. So it was so out of nowhere. Oh, by the way, I'll get back to the improv. Uh, A show I taped in, I think, 2014 called Comics Unleashed that never aired. Just aired on CBS. Because apparently, because of the writers and strike and the actors strike, they sold a bunch of episodes to CBS to play after Stephen Colbert. Uh, It's not a good show. But I was, I, I just saw it. I DVR'd it. I didn't even know we had DVR still. But I DVR'd it. And it, unfortunately, I was in a very early, ugly grow-out stage for my hair. And I had no beard, and I was fatter then. And then TV makes you look even fatter. You know what else makes you look fat? Eating a lot. Anyway. So it was kind of hard to see, like, my awful hair and my fat face and the gray shirt that I bought that day and never wore again because after I watched it it shrunk but I was very curious to see this Comics Unleashed uh, because I probably talked about this before but like I, I fucked up a joke during the taping but we taped way more than we needed to tape so when I fucked it up I thought they just wouldn't use it I mean, I kind of, I smoothed it over. I, I said a line wrong and then I said it right. But but then during the commercial, well, fake commercial break, they came over and they go, uh, I, repeat that line you messed up in case we want to use that joke. And I had said, I'm so glad I'm single. And I was supposed to say, I'm so glad I'm not single. So then I said the line again, but it sounded weird out of context. I said, should I back up? That seemed weird. Byron Allen, the host, goes, well, back up to the part where you say you and your wife are fat. And then I started laughing. I'm like, well, it sounds worse when you say it. And then the crowd actually laughed like a real laugh, not their faked professional audience laugh. And then he's like, he's like, well, just, he's like, hurry up. I got to take my kids to school in the morning. Another real laugh. Then I say, anyway, I was curious to see if they patched that together. And they did not. That joke did not make the cut. I was also curious because we were miked. Uh, 
for the broadcast, but the crowd could not hear us miked. The crowd just heard our natural volume of speaking voices. There were no speakers or or amplification provided for the crowd. So the crowd is cheering because they're paid to. There was a DJ there for some reason. It's a weird show. It's one of those shows where it's not stand-up comedy. It's Byron, the host, says stuff like, I understand your kids play sports, Gabriel. And then I'm supposed to rattle off three minutes of jokes about my son being shitty at soccer or whatever. It's a very awkward, unnatural. Uh, Comics unleashed, but still very leashed. Uh, But... So they would be clapping, and then Byron Allen, underneath the sound of clapping, would go, Gabriel, I understand your kids play sports. And I knew the crowd didn't hear it. So in my memory, I not only would I repeat the question a little bit that Byron had asked me because I wanted the crowd to hear it, I also was like talking really loud because the crowd isn't right next to me and so I was like projecting so they could hear me like yeah my son does play soccer that was my memory and then when I when I listened back I was loud like I definitely was louder than I needed to be but I wasn't like screaming so it was fine it's not a good show I guess it's I never I thought maybe I would never make another TV appearance so I guess that's kind of fun I mean it was taped a long ass time ago but uh, anyway, I don't think I get any more money. Because I think it's like a... I don't think it was a union thing. So I think the $1,000 I got with no travel to tape it back in uh, 2014 or whatever. I think that's all I'm ever going to get. But Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I would love it if some more uh, random checks showed up. I get the SAG-AFTRA, this is your retirement fund uh, emails, but (laughs) I think I get like $8 a month or something if I retire right now, because I've barely done any television, but anyway, someone from the improv, who I know, emailed me from my website, and uh, I emailed her back, and uh, I think I might do, you know, it hasn't been booked yet, but she expressed an interest in having me do some off-night shows at the California Improvs. There's a bunch of them down there, wherever, Ontario, and other places in California. Off night, meaning like maybe I would do like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday tour of these different improvs. And I don't know any of the details, but it would, you know, it's like door deal things. That's what everyone does now. I am not saying this is 100% going to happen, but I just, it's such a weird thing. And she was like, she saw the assistant manager video that got 30 million views. And she's like, oh, it's so funny, blah, blah, blah. Do you have representation I should be talking to? And I'm like, no. It's just me and my cats right now. 
But I don't know. It's weird to like meet someone in 2009 and then. Did you hear that beep? I don't like this about my uh, Kia Rio. If it gets below 40 degrees, it beeps. To like, hey, careful, it might be cold. It's like, I don't, I, I think something serious is wrong and it's 39 degrees outside. I don't need a beep for 39 degrees. Kia Rio. Anyway, how long ago was 2009? 13 years, I think? I hadn't talked to her in 13 years. What have you been up to? You want to come do some shows? <laughs> okay. See you in 13 more if we're both still alive. So I will definitely do that if the opportunity presents itself. I'll probably have to cancel some shit to do it. But like, you know, you're not, you don't turn down an opportunity to work at like the I guess probably the biggest comedy chain uh, in America. But I also don't... I don't know how many people I can get to come out. I mean, I just did some door deals in uh, my own state. In Yakima, Washington, I got 62 people to come see me. North Bend, Washington, I got like 150, maybe 160 people to come see me. Which, don't get me wrong, that's fine. I made money. It was fun. But like, it's not exactly a sign that I'm ready to pack out the Irvine improv on a Wednesday night. So, I have no problem trying and failing, but I don't know. It'll be an experiment. I mean, if it's an experiment that works, game changer, for sure. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. Perhaps I'm a pessimist, but just based on <laughs> what I'm seeing, I don't think my social media draw is enough that I would sell 200 tickets on a fucking Thursday. Uh somewhere in California. God, I hope I'm wrong. But it's nice to be in the conversation, you know? It's weird. It's weird, too, because it's like I've been talking to a lot of comedians. (laughs) I always do. And I've heard some podcasts and stuff that I wasn't on. And, uh, you know, obviously being big on social media is what every comedian is trying to do. But all those crowd work videos that people are getting famous for, and I put them up too. Most of my crowd work videos aren't massive hits because the video's not quality enough, but I do have one. I have like a, a crowd work video on, uh, well, I worked in a couple jokes, but on Facebook that it's almost a million views. Um, But anyway, it is affecting the crowds. The crowds are rowdier and yell more shit than they used to. Don't get me wrong. 
They always have. People yelling things has always been a part of comedy, but it's... It is... More than it used to be. And you can't blame the crowd. Because... That's what they're seeing. That's what they're... I don't know. It's a fine line, too, because it's... You know, I've said this before, but it's a lot to expect of a comedy audience. To go like, where are you from? Where did you guys meet? And then ten minutes later, you're doing a joke about, I went to the doctor, and they're like, I just went to the doctor. And then the comedian's like, shut the fuck up! Never interrupt me! And they're like, well, you just asked how I met my wife. But man, I feel like people are showing up thinking they're going to be a part of things, and I guess they are. And I think, I almost feel like I have to stop telling people to shut the fuck up. Because it's almost like part of the thing now. I mean, I had... I don't know. I like crowd work, I guess. It's usually not plan A, but like I, when I did that show in North Bend, first of all, there was children there. I don't know why, but there was a 13-year-old kid. I didn't know that, how old he was, in the very front. I knew he was young enough, he kept turning around in his chair like he couldn't sit still. And I, he would also like ask little questions. Like I said, when I said I was in a band, he'd be like, what's the band's name? I was to ignore him or whatever, but... There was another... There's a 20-year-old kid there. Uh, I think I did tell him to shut the fuck up because at one point I said I used to be a drummer in a punk rock band and he goes, when, 80 years ago? I used to be a drummer in a punk rock band as a much younger man. Woo! Thank you. Th thank you. 80 years ago. That... <laughs> you sound young. How old are you? You're 20? Well, you're old enough to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was a drummer in a, in a band, and by the way, more people clapped for that than we had fans then, so that... That felt pretty good. Maybe we'll take questions later. I don't know what the fuck is going on at this show. Is it because you're all young and watch Matt Wright videos? I brought an act. It's just two guys walk into a bar. What happened next? What were their names? We need more information. Go on the journey with me. If I bring something up, there's a joke a-coming. God damn, I'm too old for this shit. I was in a band 80 years ago. I don't want to do combat comedy, but like... 
I guess it's just part of the thing now. I mean, it's always been part of the thing, but maybe that's... Maybe I just gotta lean in. Maybe it is plan A. I mean, people like it. But for every crowd work clip your favorite crowd work comedian posts online, there's like four they don't post because it doesn't go that well. And it just ends badly and it's a joke interrupted. But I don't know. Like I said, I almost feel like I gotta change my... You know, I don't like talking to the crowd. It's like, okay, Grandpa, well, comedy's different now. But I've always talked to the crowd. I'm not a crowd work comic. I don't think, but it's a skill I have. I mean, I don't know. There was a lady in Yakima with nine kids. I had a good time with her. You have nine? No. Are like, please tell me some of them are step. No. Holy shit. <laughs> How are you medically able to be here this evening? Nine? What's the age range of your nine? Fourteen to two months. Fourteen? Oh. Fourteen to two months. How, how recently did you break out of the cult? I mean, you need more than a course light, lady. Holy shit. Nine. Nine kids in 14 years? What is he? It's like a uterus fear factor. What the fuck are you doing? Stop fucking. I've never said that to a woman before. You have to stop fucking. Enough is enough. They all have the same dad. You know, I'm going to say it says a little bit about Yakima. You're all so impressed. You're like, no fucking what? Where are you from? Where are you from? Oh, you're from Portland. You're from, you're from, you're from, yeah, more like Beaver Town, lady. I just impressed myself. That was pretty fucking good. Uh, you're from Beaverton. Has nine kids in the Portland area. You must people must look at you like you are in a cult. They're like, do you farm? Wait, do you farm? It was incredibly irresponsible. You know what they say is fool me once, fuck it, let's try it nine times. No, I had one boy in the You had one boy, seven girls. And then the last one was a boy. That's actually quite impressive. Uh, but please stop. The state of Oregon asked, actually asked me to tell you to please stop. We are off the goddamn rails. But we're doing all right. You got any kids, DJ? How many? Just one. 
Yeah, he knows when the song's fucking over. <laughs> Not you, you're like, play it again! <laughs> what, what song do you make love to when you have nine kids? giving you shit. You're a wonderful person. What's your name? Olivia. Your name's Olivia. That's wonderful. Uh, congratulations on the nine kids. Round of applause for Olivia. Nine children. Nine children. I'm shook. Well, my shitty little three means nothing. All nine on, that's not my business. I'm going to ask that. I didn't mean to make three. And I'm just gonna guess no one has meant to make nine of anything. Like, that's too many cupcakes. What's that? There were no cupcakes. No, you're right. Fuck my jokes. What do you guys want to talk about? Birth control. Birth control. Yeah, this is a cautionary tale for you guys. Holy shit, the ninth kid just came out holding it. (laughs) This shit don't work, mom. If I had like a really good quality camera, uh, both all these clips would be online right now, but... They looked terrible. (laughs) So you get my shitty phone audio. Anyway, you know, I've been doing comedy a long time, and there's always, like, generational shifts, you know? But there's, like, you know, you would hear comics, even when I started, I was like, I would hear comics when I started, who I would go like, oh, they're not of this time. That's an old style. And I'm not saying if you're a comedian now in 2023 and you don't do crowd work that you're doing an old style. But, fuck. You better learn to at least be okay at it. Because these audiences are coming in loaded. They want to be a part of things. They want to be the star, you know. Some of these people, especially Matt Reif, and I'm not talking shit about Matt Reif. How could you? He's so fucking handsome. And if you don't know Matt Reif, uh, he's, you know. I think he became a multimillionaire in one day because he sold out his entire theater tour in one day. You know what's good in a theater? Crowd work. What's that guy 28 rows back? That guy in the balcony has a shitty shirt on. Anyway. Some of the really viral Matt Rife clips, like the person in the clip gets famous. 
So, like, people are, I think, I think that 20-year-old kid came to that show like, I'm going to be a part of this. This is going to be my night. I'm going to tell the comedian how old he is. And I bet he does something funny with it. And you're right, I did. I also wrote, um, I guess, I don't know, I'm calling it a children's book for adults. Okay, I'll read a page. It is. Yep, it's story time. All right, what the fuck is going on? Is this show a tax write-off? Is that what's happening right now? Now I feel bad for telling you to shut the fuck up. I... read one page of the book. This book was inspired by my youngest daughter. It better be good. Oh, who cares if it's not? It better be good or what? <laughs> Dear Journal, tonight was weird. <laughs> Children heckled me. I'm writing this from my jail cell. How old, how old are you? 13. You're 13. Is this, are these the parents, right? Oh, you're like, no, 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 no. No, God. How do you start an Amber Alert? I've never... I've never... I mean, I know what to do when my phone beeps. I've never been on this end of it. Are your... Blink once if your parents are here. Are they, are they behind you? No, they're over there. They're, yeah, they've been out with you before. They're like, we'll take you. No fucking way we're sitting next to you, buddy. I'm so sorry. I said some really inappropriate shit tonight. What's that? I come here for that shit. You come here for that shit? Okay, I'm sorry to your parents. This is where you should be like, and we're sorry we brought him. Kids have too many rights now. Kids have too many rights? Well, now we're in a dark area. Um, I... I don't normally say this at my shows, but is there anything you guys would like to talk about? Oh, there's a young man in the front, yes. What was the name of my band? Yes. Nirvana. Any more questions? Any more questions?
But anyway, that's a weird way to end, but I'm back home. I'm going to go listen to Pearl Jam and masturbate. That's, I can't make that be the last line of the podcast. <laughs>